Hi friends, welcome. I am in a bit of a different situation visually and audioly because we're in a restaurant. We are sitting down to a, a joyful experience of conversation with my friend Will here. You may remember him from past videos. He's an old friend from Greenville, South Carolina where I used to live and he is a photographer. He's a very talented fellow. The reason why, why we're here in this particular area, which you coined as it looks like a Chinese basement, is because uh, we decided to meet up for dinner and I thought I'll have a conversation with him about his work since we can be in person. We don't have to use the internet for once. Yeah, because remember my internet issues for a while? <laughs> Yeah. We tried so hard. We tried so <laughs> Not to worry hard. about earbuds. Oh, we tried so hard. So we're highly impromptu session of talking about a couple of his photos that he's up to recently, and a little bit about Will. He's visual director at a place called uh, Community, the Community Journals, and he's an editorial photographer. And he has applied his long time of doing uh, street style photography. That was sort of his background. He's applied that into the work he does now for uh, different, multiple different publications, right? Yeah, Is that the idea? Yeah, there's five, four, four. Gotcha. Okay. Four pubs okay. under one family, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, so he's busy. Uh, so, so we thought we would use this eclectic situation to talk about his photos. The first one I wanted, to, well, first off, what, what have you been up to? In Shooting all the time. Shooting all the time? Every day. Yeah. All the time, and then when not doing that, concepting, yeah. illustrations, and everything else. Yeah. We recently commissioned like our first actual piece of art, uh, specifically for a Greenville Journal cover. So, oh, yeah, so piece been, of art. Like, like what we that actually mean? had like an artist do an entire piece just for our cover. Like a physical piece? Yeah, and then we re-photographed it. Yeah, like a oh, 36 okay. by 36 canvas. But piece. like, what was Like the, a painting. It was a painting. Yeah, so. I see. So I was just wondering if it was like a statue or something like that. No. Some sort of no, pasta statue sculpture. Neck, pasta sculpture. Macaroni elbow art. That's next. That's Macaroni next. Macaroni elbow art. Watch out, second graders. That's We're big. coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know how much of this I picked out today that was you specifically creating something for a project for sure. your, for the publications or personal work. I assume okay. it tends to be for publications. Yeah. But this is the first one I wanted to look at. Uh, tell me, well, first off, I'll describe for anybody, because this might go to audio if it turns out okay. Uh, I'll describe what we're looking at. We have a guy standing in front of a large print of another guy's head, black and white. The photo's in black and white. Christina's like, <laughs> I just think it's funny that you don't know what I'm what I'm seeing, but you're. So this will be good. I'll have to describe it to you. Um, it's a man standing in front of a portrait, and he's looking away from the portrait. He has his arms sort of crossed, and uh, beautiful light coming from what looks like windows, but also coming from another direction, which you'll have to talk about that. Yeah. And it's just a very elegant environmental type of portrait. It looks like maybe he took this photo, is that correct? So it's actually a, a photo by him. he actually drew it. So this is a giant illustration. He drew it? Yeah, it's a giant illustration. Jesus. Yeah, so he grids them out and does these just mammoth faces. I mean, they're, wow. I don't know, eight, 
like six pencils? to eight feet tall. Yeah, like pencil, charcoal, graphite, that oh kind of gosh, stuff. Oh my gosh, it's not a photo, guys. Yeah, so they're hyper realism. And that's actually his dad behind him. So that's a piece okay. he did with his father. And he's from out west, he's from Colorado, actually. Okay. And so his faces almost look like landscapes. Like he exaggerates the lines and right, the right, right. wrinkles in the faces to the Pushes point where the it's clarity sort of, slider Yeah, it's almost a like bit, a clarity right? slider effect. But he literally sort of turns these giant, and they makes them so large, it almost becomes like a landscape inside a face. Right, right, right. So okay. beautiful work. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's incredible that he works on that scale to that detail. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he, he drew it on that scale, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, he draw. Yeah, he drew it on that scale. So what was your thought process going into photographing? Well, first off, why are you photographing him? Um, so we were doing a piece on artists who had relocated to Greenville. He had been an arts educator in higher ed, so like college for 20-something years, and he was looking for a place to move next. And we were doing a larger piece on artists coming to Greenville, and he was someone who's work I'd seen and I knew I wanted to photograph him either for work or for myself mm -hmm. um, and so we sort of found this narrative and I pitched a couple more people and then he ended up being the cover. So would you person. say you were a huge catalyst behind this actually happening? Yeah so we part of my job is sort of pitching stories that have a decent narrative but also are going to be very visual heavy because our publication tends to skew a little bit more like a magazine so we want the art to speak just as much as the actual words. Well I think that's what's so tremendously interesting about the work you've been doing more recently is that it's this combination of uh, well thought out narrative and well thought out visuals put together into one beautiful end expression. I think that's what I love about your work like this and a lot of your, your work and it leans very environmental but very polished at the same time. Yeah, I mean this one's an interesting spot because the window light, the background actually is natural window light um, and it was originally below his eyeball mm. so it was kind of useless mm -hmm. um, and I got a little lucky because the cross beam of the window literally aligns with his nose like it, it was there's perfect symmetry right, like that right. was just dumb luck right, right. but I knew I was doing some other shots and I knew I just had to wait throughout the day for that light to go higher right. on his face right. and then once it sort of reached what I thought was like a natural framing element I kind of stopped it there and then I knew for the frame to work everything kind of had to be in specific places because yeah. there's so much symmetry and lines that like if one part was off the whole frame would start to get weird. Right. So I want I put him a certain distance from the background so that his arms stay perfectly within that frame. And I knew I needed this his head to cover that eye right. to bring the focal point to sort of these two points and not have like a third yeah. competing point. Right, 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 right. right. Um, yeah. Very well thought. And out. then it became a thing where essentially, right, like if I exposed for him because he's in open shade, this would have just blown out to nothing. Right. So I brought in a second light on him from the camera right. Yeah. And uh, the light from camera right, right lit him, but I used a modifier that had a bit of an edge to it. Yeah. So that would control the spill, and I put it a little in front of him because I didn't want it to affect the shadows that were going on, the shapes behind him. Yeah. So it was just like a subtle balancing act between the two. And it was one of those times where a lot of times I'll, I'll mirror the light. So usually I would have had him look the other way and put the light camera left <laughs> to mirror the window light. Right, right. But 
there was a couple reasons I didn't do that. One, the light would have to be too far away, so it would light the whole scene, yeah. rather than just him from the inverse square law. And then the other issue would be that there's more dynamicism, I think, with him looking this way and this eye sort of being on the other side of the frame. Yeah, it's definitely unique and different the way that you decided to do it. And it's funny because on a subconscious level, it just feels really nice, but on a conscious level, when you think about it, I thank you. Um, on a conscious level, when you think about it, it is really intrig like it becomes more intriguing the more you look at it and the more you dissect it as an artist which is I think what you get with like a good movie a lot of good sure. movies like the more you dissect the like you watch it five times and on the fifth time you're seeing all the crazy stuff they did to make it so interesting the first time right there's like the intuitive things that are intuitively interesting right. become more interesting as you can dissect them and right. sort of understand that there's reasons behind the sort of ease of understanding the image. Yeah. And you understand, right, you start to understand that there's there tends to always be reasons why something you like is so interesting to you. There's yes. a lot of thought that went into it. It wasn't sort of a, an accidental experience, especially when it comes to something that's, that's that takes a lot of time to put together a movie. Yes. You know, a portrait, a good a good portrait that has a lot of dynamic lighting going on, that sort of thing. Okay, let move on to this one. Another environmental portrait of a, a boy sitting down on the edge of a, a boxing ring. He has boxing gloves, gloves on, green gloves, and then behind him he has his red, white, and blue, uh, the, the, those, the ropes. Yeah. And then he has a boxing uh, ring, and then the the rest of the gym behind him and uh, we have this nice light on his face and why what was this one for so this is for a section in the Greenville Journal that sort of exists as my own playground because I got tired of doing the writer's stories so I wanted a section where I could do whatever I wanted yeah. um, so it's a, essentially a photo essay section where I write maybe 60 to 100 words on the subject and then just photograph something I find interesting in the community yeah yeah um, so that's sort of where this came from, um, was there's a boxing gym just down the street that's sort of a youth outreach center, and I used to box as a kid, so I have an inherent used interest to punch in the these sport. kids in the face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, no, but, uh, so I sort of have a connection to that community. Will can um, break my neck, by the way. I mean, I used to be a pretty good boxer, <laughs> actually. Uh, but yeah, so and it's a it's a it's a very visual sport. Yeah. Like there's there's like the ring, there's the space itself, there's the glove, you know, there's there's physical objects of the sport, and then there's the actions of the sport, and then there's sort of the demeanor of people who practice it. And there's just sort of instilled discipline that I think like when you ask almost any boxer to sit for you, they look into the camera like very intent like they, yeah. they have no problem with eye contact no matter how ah, young yes. like then they they feel this persona they almost put on or they like are used to sort of facing someone in a very direct way right i mean they're not literally punching me here but right. like they're there's a directness emotionally punching yes. you yeah. there is a, a directness that i think comes through which i think is what like makes this image pretty strong it, right some of it is just like He's yo so young, but like there is such a strong gaze that like most adults can't hold a gaze like that. Right, yeah. Like you look at this kid and you're like, I don't know if I want to yeah. make quarrels with this. Exactly. This. Okay. And um, 
and so what uh, what how did you decide to start framing this up when you got there obviously there's a lot of things going on in the world that is not in this frame sure in the world that you were standing in yeah uh, how did you sort of zero in on what you wanted well, that to feel like I think I wanted a few images that sort of gave a reference to the space without feeling busy and sort of I shot some documentary stuff and then this was like the more formalized portraits mm. but I wanted them to feel simple and clean and maybe not overly posed yeah you know because the kids would sit along the ring a lot and there was just a good color palette and sort of a repetition of the stripes in his clothing right. with the ring itself um, and then uh, this sort of color palette and then I, I used a 50 because I didn't want it to be too loose I think this I don't think there's a shot 35 I'm pretty sure that's 50 mm. um, and I shot a pretty shallow depth of field and usually I photographed this boxing gym before and I did everything black and white but this time I kind of wanted to focus more on a sense of color mm. um, so this one's a bit more colorful and I let some of the warmer tones from the lights come through yeah so it's a little bit of a different feel but um, I think it works Right. Well, so there's like two parts that I think is so interesting about this. One, it feels so simple and organized while being very colorful at the same time. I mean, you even have green gloves. Like you have these lime sure, green gloves coming of, yeah, in. There's a lot of color. There's a lot, but there's also a lot of uh, repetition going on in the colors where like his face is brown, his pants are brown, the rest of the, the environment is brown, yeah. but his shirt is red against the red stripe and then there's the stripes and then there's this like punch of pink color which like contrasts against everything else that's going there and I also think it's so interesting that you put very little of the environment in there while still providing so much context right well I think for the story the lines of the ring the gloves and like those elements are so iconic to boxing right, 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 right. that like there is no question of what it is right um, and then I think the other thing I was trying to be really intentional of was uh, the lights up here keeping them out of his head mm. because I felt like they work as a leading line leading into his face but if they intersected they're so bright yeah it would feel it would just it would make the frame less orderly like right. whenever there's all these lines going on I think it's super important to be clear about where they are right it's even like this line's like pretty close to the eye line mm -hmm. so it's like it feels intentional like this one cuts along the chest this one's above his head but not intersecting like right. they're in fairly intentional places right. so I think that helps clean it up when there is like line line even the ceilings like there's so much going on I think also that's why it's important for a shot like this to use a tighter lens, like a 50 or even 85, because there's so much going on. If you shot even wider, it would just get looser and busier and weirder. And I think that's what helps it visually. Well, and that's what you've always been so good at is organizing a frame, organizing a bunch of elements in a frame into something that feels so insanely cohesive and getting the lighting to not to uh, play well against everything else in the frame and you're just well-rounded at that and I think that I think you probably agree that that came from your years of just passion shooting on oh, the yeah. street and working out trash cans out of the background yeah because I like to organize my frames and Greenville's not that pretty it's Greenville is pretty in the sense that not the sense I like to make my images like it it's people go oh it's so pretty but like in a tourist way but I always wanted to romanticize it more in the way of someone would think of like Paris or yeah. Italy or something so yeah. it's like 
I always wanted it to feel like it wasn't where it was. So I think having to be so intentional with the framing and avoiding people and avoiding trash cans and yeah. sort of getting away from those things, I think helps me look at frames and be like, how can I, what can I remove or what's distracting? You know, I made sure, there was this gym was full of kids when I took this, I made sure I waited until everyone kind of had cleared to the sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this shot's also an example of like, it is lit, so it's there's some lighting used, but I want it to be really subtle, and I wanted it to kind of mirror the strip of light, like this light strip running down the left side. That would be the key if it wasn't for my light. So my light is just a really subtle push. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of at a similar angle. It's very above, and you can see the catch lights just barely in the eyes. Yeah. So it's it's mirroring that light, and then there's a shadow on this side because this light's much further away. So I wanted to. A lot of times, I think when using strobe or different lights with natural with the light of a space you will a lot of times just want to mirror it you yeah. want it to just yeah. feel like you yeah. got like kind of lucky right. where the lights are just a little bit in a better place than they actually are that is something i'm not good at you yeah it it feels like it's very in the world that, right. that you're all of I your think lighting that's the key it's like if it doesn't feel that way then you're especially for environmental portraiture like it it's gonna just feel bad i just think like a really bad uses of like flash where it just feels like the person's lit and they're just stuck in the picture right like right, the right. background's there and the person's there and they're just stuck together rather right. than sort of seamlessly blending right unless you go after that very sure. stark like, like direct flash yeah there's a lot of people who have started using this incredibly it's, stark direct yes. flash and it can like be really 1990s, interesting. 1990s uh, Polaroid camera yeah, kind of. Yeah, and it can be really good. I think it's just intentionality and skill. Yeah. Like, you have to... It's very easy for that look to look very bad. <laughs> right. Like, and I think very few people do it really well. Right. Christina, how are we on time? 18 minutes. 18 minutes. All right, we're doing okay. My arms are falling off. We're going to Yeah, I know. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I, I've arm, shot enough, like, pod. live events to... You get to a place where your your body feels like it's melting into jello. I, I, you're doing a good job, Christina. Um, okay, so this is another one I wanted to look at. We're starting to look at some very um, very uh, intense neon-esque kind of Tokyo lighting going on. Good, and, I'll take that. <laughs> and you have this blue balance with this red of this portrait of a guy with glasses on. He looks like he's just the most intense uh, businessman slash hacker he's, in the he's world. He's on the cover of Wired for being the CEO of a company who was then found out to be the most famous hacker in the world. That's how I would pitch him. Yeah. Okay, wait. I, I, was, I thought I was right. <laughs> I thought no, I nailed it. No. I was so proud I wish, of myself. I wish. No, he's just one of my friends. This gotcha. was just personal work, actually. This actually wasn't for work work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. see, if you need to prop your elbows on the table, feel free. That might help, right? Yeah, I just didn't want it to be, like, an obvious thing, but yes. I'm all about it. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're being a tripod, I want you to feel comfortable. Tripods have to be comfortable. It's a, it's a rule. So, it's in the Geneva Convention. So, with this one, who was he, first off? Um, so, that's just one of my friends. I did a studio day where I just reached out on Instagram. And I would recommend this to any photographers. Um, to, if you need to get people in front of your lens for portraits, like, it's hard to have complete creative freedom if someone's paying you to do it. Mm -hmm. 
So like, I think it's better to do things for free if you need to build your portfolio or maintain creative control. Because if someone's not paying, if you're not getting paid by someone, you don't have to turn give them any photos necessarily. Like, you can set the rules of engagement. Right. And you can be like, I can't get these to you for three months because I'm really busy right now. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, right, right, right. you know, so it's like, uh, if you're working, if you want to have a portfolio for portraits or you're looking to get into editorial work, like, and you have a little small space where you're doing studio stuff, like, bring in people and not just your friends, because it's like, it's easy just to get used to working with your friends and you need the challenge of, like, if you get editorial work, you're not going to be shooting your friends, you're going to be shooting complete strangers. So I like to do like an hour because I usually have about an hour with a lot of my subjects when I go shoot them and I just have a few loose ideas and then I'll do eight in one day. So I'll do eight hours straight of shooting. Wow. Um, okay. Have you done eight hours straight of shooting recently? And that, like, that's really pushed my work a ton, like about six of my recent posts on Instagram that were all very different styles were all from one day of that. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. It, you know, you have to work with different people. Sometimes they're your friends. Sometimes they're strangers. Like, I usually have a mix, like, probably, like, two to three friends to five strangers every time. Yeah. So, I think that's one of the best ways you can work on your craft is just to, and that way you're not booking one shoot and then you only do, like, three in a month and they take three days because you, you know, you're already there, you're already doing the work. If you do two, why not do eight? Mm -hmm. Like if you have that amount of time, just get the work in. So I try, I'm trying to do one a month. That's good um, ideas, I like that. So I think it's the only way to work on the craft outside of the job where I feel like I need to be proficient at a shot before I can do it. Like I need to be able to do it on command yeah. from a lighting perspective. Yeah. And I can't do that uh, in person, like yeah. on shoots. I need to have time to practice. Yeah. And as a portrait photographer, you need people. How much more comfortable has that made you to put in this practice? I think a lot. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it really, it's exhausting, but it's also yielded great work for my portfolio. Like yeah. it's, cause it's just such a pure creation time. And like, if one shoot goes terrible, who cares? Like yeah. it's one hour. It's just playing. Yeah, it's just playing and no one's, but you give people a few pictures and they're psyched and they got to sit for you for free. Right. Like no one can really complain about it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's like, I think that's one of the best things people can do is like, if you're building your portfolio as a photographer, do some work for free. That's the kind of work you want to do that's not compromise yeah. yeah yeah so that you can have those things to show people because the biggest thing I get is I get photographers coming in that have shot mainly weddings and family portraits and they don't have any environmental portraits of business owners or artists or anything and I'm like well I don't know if you can do that because it's not in your portfolio so like go out and make that work people will always be willing to let you do it if you do it for free right and you can work with the people who you want and you can put a lot of time and effort into it and instead of having a portfolio full of compromised photos of things that don't really match what you want you have that work and like it sucks that you have to do it for free and it's like on your own time but it's worth it if that's what you're trying to make your career in yeah yeah when well, i think this is something that is very authentically uniquely will style it's one of those things where if you scroll past you can know that it's a will photo and i think that's what so many artists in whatever type of art form they're up to uh are, are trying to achieve yeah, a, lot a voice, of ways. a distinct voice. A distinct voice, and a lot of people very specifically would love to have that style that when people scroll past it, they know it's it's their thing. Um, I think not everybody's going after that specifically, but I think a lot of people are going after that very specifically. Uh, so what do you think it is that has allowed you to create this look 
when I don't feel like I see a lot of people do this look. Um, That's a compliment. I mean, I think some of it is, there's like a photographer, Nick Fancher, who does some really interesting creative stuff. So like, there's definitely reference points. And I sort of, I think it's like a lot of, I pick and choose from a lot of different photographers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I like this concept but within this other framework well, within the way that I like to take a photograph so like with gel work like I want this to look almost like even though it's a studio shot I want it to feel like neon lights I, don't, I want this the lights to feel soft and caress and the depth of fields a little bit more shallow um, you know the lights just kind of graze the face it's a little bit more cinematic there's like an area of shadow like I think that's important for right. building the depth it's not just all blue all red like there's a sort of transition zone um, and you know I like a posture where the chest is turned one way and the face is the other like a counter posture that sort of adds a little bit more dynamicism um, it, is, it feels posed but it feels quite natural sure it's well, like I it's never wanted to, to feel overly like uh, I guess like cliche like I yeah. try to avoid cliches and I want there to be like some dynamicism in the eyes and some dynamicism to the pose but like not to feel like you said like not overly posed like mm -hmm. some sense of a natural space um, and I just think gels and lights and things like more like creating mood like yeah. you're building a mood building a vibe trying to create in a space so it's like I shoot so much for my job I'm always having to find ways to especially for our arts coverage like say we, we do a series on profiles of theater performers but they all play different roles so you can't just photograph them in one costume or something so you have to find different ways to make them visually interesting and sort of dynamic when they're coming out once a week every week you know so gels and long exposures and sort of these techniques that start to blur the line between like a photograph and I guess the thing I've been most interested in is like photographs being almost more like pieces of art rather than photographs. Like I've been really interested in this photographer Perry Dukovic who okay. shoots a lot of film ironically but his work is like a lot of times super high grain, super high contrast and it almost feels sometimes like um, charcoal sketches rather than photographs. Like I like these images that sort of blend that line but I like to do it all in camera so like I don't, I'm not a Photoshop guy so almost everything I do is an in camera. Right, thing. right. So I like to work in that way. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about using different cameras? Yeah, I have. I have a Instax uh, camera now, and I have a few film cameras too that I've been shooting. I've been interested in just the different processes. Yeah. And sort of. I can of, see that getting really fun. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of wiggle room when you go across different mediums and the way that they transfer images and the way the images render. Um, so yeah. So that's okay. definitely part of those experiments. So for the sake of time, I'm gonna skip over that guy, even though that's really interesting. We should talk about that later. Uh, I want to talk about this one: environmental portrait of guy sitting in what looks like some sort of workshop. Yeah, it's black his, and white. his studio. It's his studio. Okay. And uh, how are we doing on time, Christina? Twenty-eight. Okay, we got two minutes to talk about this one. So, uh, I just want to know what this one was about. Sure, so uh, this was part of an artist series we were doing. I was very intentional in wanting the portraits to be very environmental of the artists. I really wanted to show their spaces. 
Um, and then in my typical fashion, I like my frames to be incredibly uniform. Mm -hmm. So you can see like his head is framed within that frame and there's sort of a triangle composition going on both with the position of his legs and the rest of him. I wanted to bring in the rug because it is like more texture and detail. I think I shot this with the 35 millimeter. It may have been a little wider. It was a very small space, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I still wanted the lines to be very orderly. And then it's lit with just a single strobe. It's not the fanciest lighting I've ever done. The light was more just to show the space. Mm. Um, and I wanted, he's a very subdued, quiet guy. Mm. I've kn I know him a little bit. Um, so I went in there knowing that. So I wanted his gesture and positioning gaze to sort of match his persona. So I'd say he's a quiet person. So I wanted sort of a quiet frame. And I think also it kind of juxtaposes well. There's like, you know, the edges of the table are still in frame. Like I always try to make a busy scene orderly. That's kind of always. Can you do that well? Okay, we're gonna pause for a second. It's not even us, it's two different people <laughs> that do the conclusion. But they say the same thing, they act like they're us. <laughs> That's so funny. That's a good idea though, right? That would be a funny a way to finish idea. a video. We gotta do that. We gotta do that. Are we rolling? Project your voice because Miss Missy likes to talk. You ready? I'm projecting. Loud <laughs> noises. Carry on. Uh, Will's eyeballs? Okay. So we had to turn off the camera so it would not burst into flames due to a recording time limit, uh, which I'm hoping I'll get rid of when we get the A6400, right? That'd be great. That's a, that's a new one that just came out. It's got a flippy outy screen. Oh, it goes like... Yeah, it makes that sound. One more like this. It takes 30 seconds to open. Yeah. Right, right. What about also like... Oh, yo, they can't do that because apparently I've heard that there's a patent issue. Oh, where going that way. Canon, Canon and Panasonic, Canon I think, can do it, but the... they can't. That's a, might be a rumor. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, okay. Anything else we wanted to add to this image? Um, sad art boy. Sad art boy. Was there something about the mood that you wanted to portray here? I mean, I think that's why I went black and white too. Um, Very soft. I wanted black and white. to be, you know, subtle, a little gentle almost with the light. Like I didn't want it overly hard one way or the other. I used a pretty big modifier. Yeah. Like. The light was sort of just there because the studio had no light. So I just needed a push. And this was done on a super rainy day late in the afternoon. Yeah. So there just was like no ambient. So I just wanted sort of an easy... I mean, this would be like if there was just a big window on a bright day on that side. And there, so. was, there was intentionality to capture his personality in this, right? Yes, yes. So he's a very, you know quiet guy and is sort of a more subdued maker so I think like gesturally and sort of the gaze slightly down and away from camera sort of just keeps the image having that same sense of quiet right right which hopefully is translated across yeah Okay, uh, let's go ahead and talk about this one really quick. Okay. So we have a, I'm gonna do my best to describe this, it's quite bizarre. We have a man with face paint, white face paint, he has some jewels on his face. He has a blue mustache, he has multicolored, like a rainbow of feathers coming off of him. He has a crazy hat on, and that's the only way I know how to describe it, it's a crazy hat. And it is 
uh, a very intense look. And who is this? He's a drag queen nun. Is that right? Yes, he is a Amazing. drag queen nun from the Sisters of Greenville. Okay. Who go out in the community to promote safe sex. Okay. And and uh, and uh, inclusivity. All right. I would. Ex I mean, I would expect nothing less in terms of a story from. What yeah, we're, and what we're so this was here. actually at Vulcanalia, which is like this big kind of like the biggest hippiest alternative event in Greenville. Oh, okay. They burn a giant wooden phoenix at the end of the night <laughs> that they build. Um, and that about sums it when up. When you said that, and I thought you were saying like his species was Vulcanalian. Vulcanalian. <laughs> <laughs> like no, so it's an actual trying. event. Um, so what I did was for, again, for those photo essays I've been doing, I actually set up a sort of portable photo studio. So I set up a small backdrop. Yeah. And well, actually I set up a nine foot backdrop, but, um, and then I small. brought a single light and I wanted to do sort of almost like celebrity portraiture, sort of like how they have like the, like certain events they'll have like these backroom stages set up for okay. quick portraits with people. Yeah. Um, but I sort of wanted to bring my studio style to an event like that. So it's not just like direct flash event photography, but sort of like more cinematic portraits of an event where a lot of people come in costume. Yeah, yeah. So that was sort of the You did a lot of your work it. here for creating a good photo. I feel like yes. it was probably pretty easy to get. He did most of it, good. yeah. The only thing is I gave him the gesture because I wanted something sort of almost uh, very sort of deliberately posed, but almost in like a Renaissance art kind of yeah, gesture. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sort of bringing in like a classical gesture to something that like crosses this weird line between yeah. like it could almost be like an old Renaissance painting, but then like twisted into a very strange dynamic, <laughs> right? Like, but I think there is sort of like elements of like like the painted very white face, like the hat. Like, there's elements that feel like a reference to the past right. in a strange way, but right. then in like the most contemporary right. and bold and crazy way. Well, it's an interesting like overlapping because in a lot of those Renaissance paintings, you did see a lot of very strange clothing by today's standards. Sure, but. At this, but and here you have that, but in the future, right? Yes. This is what we're all gonna dress like by 2015. Yeah. This is what we're all gonna look Silver like. leather jackets, earrings with multicolored feathers, humongous <laughs> ring on. I do. I love this look. Yeah. But Are you gonna say yeah. Christina? 2015. Is that what I said? Yeah. 2015. Okay. My apologies. This is what we're gonna dress like four years this is what ago. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we revert back to like early no, 2000s. No, no, right? no, no, Late no, 90s? Never again. <laughs> okay, right. the last thing I want to ask you is what are your goals moving forward for your work? Um, I think a lot of it is exploring the work of um, certain photographers I've become obsessed with, like Perry Dukovic, yeah. who create a work that sort of starts to cross this line in between being photographic but then almost not looking like a photograph like okay. whether the image is incredibly highly romanticized yes and in like in ways though that are done very in very analog ways like all in camera ah. so I, I want the effects to come from the treatments whether it's like shooting film at a high ISO and really having like a high grain count yeah. and then shooting that as a very high contrast scene or um, be it like colored gels and then like a lot of lights and some motion blur to sort of flatten and like sharpen certain 
certain parts, but then soften certain parts of the image. Um, that's that like exciting. where I'm interested in sort of like the end of the spectrum of my studio work, I think will become more and more experimental. Um, for my environmental portrait work, I'm still just obsessed with like very orderly frames and making the light feel very natural and approachable. So it's sort of like my environmental work and my studio work, I think, exist on different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that dichotomy. It sort of pushes me in different skill sets. Yeah. So, um, and I think some of part of the studio is like an opportunity to experiment and change. And like an environmental shot is more about like showing who the person is through them and their space and how they interact. So I think a more natural light makes sense in that sense because the light is playing more of the role of just keeping the mood yeah. or making the right mood whereas the you know in the studio you're literally creating from essentially nothing right right um, which are two polar opposite different ways to create photographic work yes and I kind of have to do both that probably keeps things exciting so that's interesting and then like in my personal work um, I've been documenting my own life a lot shooting with like a small camera like an X100 and doing some direct flash when there's no light and shooting just sort of simple things and just making that more of a documented life rather than doing as much street portraiture. I haven't been doing quite as much of that lately, um, but also it's a bad season for it for this area. Yeah, yeah. So once things start warming up, that'll probably kick back in. So yeah. I think like the thing for me in photography has been exploring these different channels where I used to be one focal length shooting one thing. I now sort of work in a lot of different areas, but I try to have a voice that still somehow has some consistency, hopefully. I think it's interesting um, that we bo both of us are interesting in the sense that we had this very, uh, for a long time, we had this very simple foundation that we built over time. Like we started very specific and uh, did that over and over and over and over and over and over and over exhaustedly. Yes. And that was our practice. And we finally, both me and you, have broken off in a couple of different directions using that strong foundation for ourselves to go into more different dynamic areas and do that well, do that better than we would have if we didn't have that foundation. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to sort of work on a very specific area of the craft at the beginning. Yeah. Well, you start really general, I think, for most people. I didn't, but most people, I think. And then you hone in on something, and you learn sort of what you like, what you don't like, what rules. And that, that sort of box you start in helps you really define and refine your skills. And then from that box, you can then start to work in a broader and more range, because you have this really strong foundation. Yeah, yeah, that no, that's a good point. That's a good is, point. I think, helpful because I mean my frames are still very orderly even when I shoot and very experimental stuff like my compositions are still very similar to my street portraits yeah. like I still work within that sort of classic framework yeah but it's just applied to something that might look very different in another sense yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay I will link below to both of both of your Instagram accounts. Am I missing one? Is there three? There's three, right? There's three, but two only really. <laughs> I'll link below to his Instagram accounts. Please check out his work. He is... He's one of the most talented photographers I know, for sure. He... It's really hard to decide if he is the most talented. And the reason it's really hard is because he's so freaking talented. I... I don't know how to pick, Will. 
It, but you're that's just intense. so you're really good. That's really intense. You're really good. I mean that. I push the button okay sometimes. <laughs> hey, you're really you're really good, and I love that. I, I run into a lot of people who are photographers who are just not that interesting, and you are you. It's such a pleasure to know somebody so talented as you in the world of photography. So thank you so much. Keep it up. I'll yeah. try. Okay. I'll either I'll either keep it up or burn out. He's freaking humble too. <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna wrap it up there. Thank you guys for watching. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what question could we ask them? I don't know. Tell them to do a shoot eight hours. Do an eight hour day. <laughs> shoot eight hours. You don't have to have that many followers. If you give people free photos, everyone will come out the woodwork. Shoot 20, 48 hours straight and come wow. back and let us know how you feel. Wow. That, that's a move. Drink your water. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Thank you for uh, holding the camera, Christian. You're awesome. And also, you can watch more of our videos and more short-form versions of me and Christina going about our days, as well as our trip to Greenville on our other channel. I never talk about that directly on here, so I'm glad I'm going to use this opportunity to do that. Bye.